Hi, this is Jesse Gender, and you're listening to Warm Blanket. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Warm Blanket podcast, where we embark on a journey to see what makes us feel good about Star Trek, where our love comes from, and what it means for us. In short, what is our Warm Blanket? My name is Gary, I'm your host, and I'm very honored to welcome here my special guest today, Jesse Gender, amazing YouTuber, storyteller, writer, podcaster, and video producer, just to mention a few of her trades. <laughs> <laughs> she is the host of the widely popular YouTube channel titled Jesse Gender, uh, where she dives into eye-opening topics from Star Trek and the other sci-fi shows, bringing us closer to better understanding behind transgender roles and in our society and within our fandom as well. She's a very friendly Trekkie who I was fortunate to come across with. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a very warm welcome to Jesse. How are you today? I'm doing really, really good. I always, whenever people introduce me, I'm like, oh gosh, stop. No, ah, compliments. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) I know, it's like, who is this person? (laughs) Have I met met her? (laughs) They sound really, really cool. Can't be me then, of course. That, but jokes aside, you, you really did a, a lot of things. When I was um, reading it on your website, I mean, I did have a little peek. So you know, not I didn't just pull it out from my from my back storage in here. Um, but you did a lot of things, and I do have to ask: um, Did you have to advertise, or did you have to hunt down America's finest funniest videos? <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, that was like a weird, I, I did work for America's Funniest Home Videos for about a year or so, I guess, which was basically I was just editing their YouTube channel. So if you like go on their YouTube channel and you see, mm-hmm. uh, like they're like random clips of a bunch of random stuff, uh, that was, I, I edited those for, for, for about a year. It's weird. Cause you like for that show, they have like their own database of everything they get sent in. So you oh. have like, they have like literally millions of videos that I'd have to sort through. So it was just a fascinating job. Cause you just see, they save, ev- you send something in America's Funniest some videos even if they don't use it they save it so they have tons of crazy stuff on there it's got a, it was it was a fun job to have for a little while oh my i, I can imagine like you know sometimes I, I did catch it in in the uk a few times and, and i didn't really understood like do people literally just send these videos into a, a central database like someone sends an advertisement like hey send me in your funniest videos and we might edit it into your <laughs> yeah i yeah, they have like a whole like their system there is they actually rate it. So the people will send it in. I, I forget exactly how they send it by email or whatever, but like by phone. They used to have it on tape, and they mm-hmm. still have those databases as well. Oh, wow. but they have this big central database, um, and they have they have like poor interns who have to look at every single video and mm-hmm. rank them. So they had like a system from like one to five of like how good they are. Uh, and then I go in and like I type in like basically their YouTube videos is like they take all the threes. Mm-hmm. like the middle ones and then they just shove them into a youtube video to make something and then they save all the, like the fives for for the actual show itself oh, so wow. yeah it's 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 a crazy crazy system but it's it's you can see that people send in weird stuff i i'm not <laughs> i think i'm probably under some sort of nda so i um mm-hmm. so i probably can't talk about it but there's some crazy videos that are like why would you send that in people see that <laughs> it's kind of and i guess they're just like meh you know what I'm gonna be famous one day because of this. Exactly. <laughs> People think this is gonna be their way to stardom, and I guess it's like I, 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 someone saw it. I guess I did. <laughs> Some poor editor has to has to watch your crazy videos. Oh my! 
So you're really a jack of all trades in a sense, like in terms of the creative industry. I mean, you you do write podcasts, edit videos, and you do mini documentaries on your channel as well. So how did you how did you become? Um, so what was the first thing that you were like? Oh, I want to be I want to be a storyteller. I want to be a video producer because you you started with editing and writing. So what was the what was the initiative? <laughs> Let's see. I mean, this is gonna sound like it's a, uh, like a, uh, begging the question or, or or whatever the phrase is, but like Star Trek, really. I mean, that's that's really very much where my impetus to want to be a storyteller came from. I mean, if you go way way back, I don't know how much research you did, but like the first writing and creative storytelling I ever did was my Star Trek fan fiction that I did mm-hmm. years and years ago. That it still exists somewhere in the ether if you if you look for it. <laughs> Um, yeah, back when I was a, a little kid, uh, I used to write my own Star Trek fan fiction, and I got inspired by Star Trek to to want to write, and that's why I went into I went to college for for uh, for for film mm-hmm. because that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and then the other element of it was I also just edited a ton when I was a kid. Like I I used to um, I think. I think I probably put them on private now just because I do other things on my YouTube channel, but mm. uh, I my first ever videos were like edits of different science fiction shows, like the music video sort of thing that a lot of editors start off as. Like my first ever video was um, actually a Doctor Who one, which was uh, uh, the Doctor and Rose, just sort of like a, like a very, very like emo kid <laughs> video of like, oh, the Doctor and Rose, they're gonna, they're, they're, they miss each other so much, and it's such a sad story, and it's like a, it was like set to that old song of like, if I could turn back time, I'll go where, yeah, it was like songs wow. to that, um, so yeah, I, I, I sort of like, I like being someone who uh, like gets my hands into everything because I find everything so interesting. Mm-hmm. So basically, I just I wanted to tell stories. I got fascinated about telling stories through science fiction and Star Trek and uh, and all those things. And so every time I just have an idea of like I want to do a cool video or I want to do these things, I just try and push myself to try and do something new, whether it be mm-hmm. like trying to write something or. Uh, perform in something um, and so it's it's all just spurned by like me being excited and curious about trying something new and wanting to mix that with trying to say something that feels meaningful to myself so mm-hmm. so I guess the um, evolution to onto your channel regarding because you, you touched on it as well of course um, so it was kind of natural like you know whatever you had in mind you didn't have to do it within a within a certain set of guidelines like the companies you worked before, you you kind of, you know, let your creative uh, wings flow. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, so the the element that like spurned the the actual like impetus for the channel itself was kind of a few things where, um, I think, I think the main uh, impetus of it was anxiety, mm-hmm. of. One of the big things that I sort of deal with is I, ha- and I've talked about this on my channel a lot, is that I I have a lot of like anxiety in my life, social anxiety and personal anxiety and just mm-hmm. anxiety about the world. Um, and one of the things that always 
prevented me from wanting to be more creative or prevented me from being creative because I always wanted to be more creative was this fear of uh, uh, worry that the, what I would make wouldn't be perfect and also worry that I wasn't good enough that anything that I make just was not good enough and, and, and could never be good enough uh, compared to you know anything else that anyone else would put out and so starting the YouTube was kind of a way to force me to have to create something on a weekly basis. It's like, look, if you want to do a YouTube channel, you have to do something every single week. And I mean, that's how you just build an audience and do things. And I didn't really expect it to take off as much as it did. But um, what I what I wanted to just do was do it for myself and say like look you're going to make something and you're going to get it done every week and it's going to be something that you make from your own voice because as you said I had a bunch of jobs that um, that I got to be creative in like uh, at the time that I started the YouTube channel was uh, I was working at Pride Media Mm -hmm. which is an LGBTQ editorial brand and I got to make videos and star in videos and do things for them but that was on someone else's uh, you know prodding um, and so I was like, I want to, I want to do this for myself. I want to trust my own voice and trust what I have to say is worthwhile. Um, but the only way I'm going to do that is if I actually sit down and and force myself to create myself, create deadlines for myself. Mm-hmm. And so the channel was just sort of building off of that to try and just trust in in my own voice and what I have to say and trying to just not let good be the end or perfection be the enemy of the good it's like mm-hmm. just make something and and allow yourself to put out stuff that you don't feel meets your standards in my brain because that's the only mm-hmm. way that you can improve yourself wow well, that kind of reminds me of the, um, the time when i started i i i did um everything for the same reason just like you know just for myself and i think that's the that's the beauty of it when you like creating something you you don't really necessarily you don't necessarily create for someone else even though it reaches to a bigger audience but you do it for yourself for your for your own pleasure your entertainment and as and as, as it matter i mean and you know if someone tags along and, and watches and listens and and connects with your arts and crafts let's say then yeah. that's always just um, just a good thing it's a good feeling to to have yeah and 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 i feel like from what i found is like the things that people latch onto the most and the people that the things that people are most willing to follow you along with um are the ones that you feel most passionate about like mm-hmm. you know i there are there are certainly things i know i could do that would just be like chasing the the algorithm and chasing the the bear that would probably do decently well but you know they would they would they would be algorithm bait they would be clickbait they would be these things that like are what like like sugary snacks that like someone would watch because it's clickable but they wouldn't really mm-hmm. connect to it but the videos that like are meaningful to me are the ones where like I talk about my anxiety or I talk about an issue that means something to me like um you know the women in Star Trek video I did and like how mm-hmm. women were treated on the show and things like that like those were issues that I I was passionate about talking about and sure may my 100 my 1 hour documentary on on women in star trek may not be the most like you know clickbait algorithm bait piece but you look at the comments and you look at what people reacted to in that video it feels more meaningful and that's what that's what inspires me mm-hmm. that like the weird thoughts like 
spiraling around my brain pan somehow connect with someone else's weird brain pan thoughts in, in, mm-hmm. in a resonant way. And that's just, that's the coolest thing, I think. And it's it's crazy. Like I remember, I think the first couple of videos, and we came out like half an hour um, from your repertoire, and I was like, "That's just mental." Like how how much work? Um, I mean, I know myself. Like a ten minute video can cost you hours and sometimes days of work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with research and putting together everything, and sometimes you have to record yourself twice because you messed up something in the first time. <laughs> but yep. half an hour, I, I, you know, kudos to you to to do all of this. Um, and I just really, I wanted to say not just not just for the sake of the podcast, but um, well done and and awesome, awesome work that you do on your on your documentaries because all of these videos are on like 45, 50 minutes sometimes in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost like watching a documentary. It was like an episode of Star Trek, but like in a in a form of a commentary, which is which is. I really enjoyed the Phantom Menace uh, one, you know the. Um, which, and, oh, and the, the talking and, uh, back to me. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That was that was, oh, that was awesome. That was really yeah. good. I think that's that still one of my favorite. <laughs> that one that one was just fun to do. I was just like, oh, this is so fit. The like yelling at each other, to each other, just so maps <laughs> so perfectly onto that. Uh, uh, let us be your last battlefield or final mm-hmm. battlefield or whatever it's called um yeah i was just so perfect and so i was like ah i have to do it i ha- and i have to put on the makeup it would just be it would just be a ton of fun um yeah and it's funny you mentioned the like length of videos because that's always something that i try to i try to uh pare down like every time i sit down to write a video i'm like all right it's gonna be like a two-page script so, mm-hmm. so I, can, I can get up my my point but I, I, I'm just a con- like an endless researcher and endless like, oh, that's a cool thing. Oh, that's a cool thing. So every time I sit down and write a script about an idea, I'm like, but it also connects to this idea and it also connects to this idea. And so I'm just like laying out every single piece of information that I've like mm-hmm. found tangentially interesting to this topic um, in there. And every time I sit down to write a two-page script, it ends up being like six or eight or ten pages. And it's just like, and then I just look at it. I'm like, oh, God, that's... I'm gonna have to edit that and film that, and and, <laughs> and you and so you long. end up end up like Mariner in the new uh, shots, like you know, multiple pictures connecting to each other. Like, this is yes. the whole picture. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Like have like the uh, the uh, the like tack board with all the <laughs> the string. <laughs> so Gosh. yeah, it's just it's it's fun, but it's also sort of like oh god, I always give myself way more work than uh, than I ever intend to. <laughs> But listen, I think that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, as long as you enjoy it, and and you you kind of as 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 I I think it's true, you you concentrate on a bigger picture. It's not just like one snippet, like hey, this is what we're gonna talk about, and that's it. No, you branch branch out, and you come back at the end to the same topic, and it's like you know, like maybe we wandered off a little bit, but this all connects, and that's that's good because some people doesn't see the connection between those things. And um, yeah, it's awesome. So kudos to you for making these documentaries, and we look forward to see what's uh, coming in the future. <laughs> so do I. I always be like, God, when I finish a big project, I'm always sort of like, Oh God, what do I do next? <laughs> what's the What's the next like big thing? So I'm just as excited as you are to see what comes spilling out of the brain pan. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I think naturally, it's um, it's um, we have to go into this topic because I have to go in I don't have to I really I'm really curious about this when or rather how did you get into Star Trek (laughs) 
Oh god, I, I I've mentioned this uh, a little bit in my other videos, but like the way I've gotten into Star Trek is probably the <laughs> the weirdest and maybe worst way you could get into Star Trek, which mm -hmm. was uh, the first time I ever remember encountering Star Trek. I'm sure I did beforehand because my dad would probably have it on or something because he was a big Trek fan. But mm -hmm. the first memory I have of Star Trek that like really felt like it galvanized my fandom was uh, my parents were divorced when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So every weekend on Friday um, afternoons um, after school, my mom would drive me uh, half an hour because my parents lived about an hour apart, so I would drive half an hour to meet my dad in the parking lot of, like, a Barnes & Noble. <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah, which is also fed my nerddom because I got to hang out in a Barnes & Noble every Friday and just look at books. <laughs> but um, meet my dad, and then my dad would drive the other half hour back to his house, and I'd spend the weekends at his house. Mm -hmm. And so on one particular Friday, um, he picked me up, and he's like, oh, I got this, I got this cool thing that you, we should listen to on the way back. And it was the Star Trek Nemesis audiobook. Uh, <laughs> and I just remember, and, and back then when they were doing audiobooks, and again, this is my particular brand of fandom, I'll rant about how cool I think Star Trek audiobooks are. Um, but uh, back then, they don't do it as much now. They had like full on like audio drama level of mm -hmm. stuff for the books. They had like sound effects and music and, and did this whole thing. So I got so wrapped up in, in how cool this, this story was. Like, what is this thing? What is this, this, uh, this show or this, this uh, universe that I got to experience with the audiobook? And my dad's like, oh, it's Star Trek. I can, I can show you that. Um, and so, yeah, my first ever encounter with, with Star Trek was the Star Trek Nemesis audiobook. And then the next thing that I remember getting was um, my dad bought me for that Christmas because I just got so excited about it and was like starting <laughs> to watch reruns and things. Mm -hmm. Was he got me Star Trek The Next Generation Season 7 on DVD. <laughs> and so I just binged that. So it was like Star Trek Nemesis, the audiobook, which is like Star like the audiobook of probably one of the worst Star Trek movies. Oh. And then the last season of Next Generation, which, you know, is not the worst season, but it's also like a weird place to start <laughs> going into that show. <laughs> um, uh, like you get, you know, you get your Dr. Crusher sex candle storylines. <laughs> um, yeah. So it really could only go up from there. But yeah, and then and then from there, I, I my dad found Star Trek Enterprise on TV, uh, mm -hmm. and we started watching that week to week, and and it just sort of snowballed from there. And I was just mm -hmm. so uh, enraptured by by the universe and the story, and then um, kind of gradually got more and more uh, caught up in the 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 message of the show. Um, and that sort of became a, a guiding force um, throughout my entire life, like to this day. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. So it affect your life um, fundamentally. I, 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 can, I think I can see that, right? Just a little bit, you know. <laughs> just, 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 just a hair, you know. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think yeah, I think Star Trek probably has had the biggest impact on my life like I, I i joke about it um every so often in sort of like an offhanded way but i think mm -hmm. truly like i'm i'm an agnostic person like i i you know i don't disbelieve in religion but i i don't have like a big religious pull in my life mm -hmm. but for me star trek sort of became the the guiding force for my morality 
and my guiding force for uh, how I, I try to think about the world and about people and in the belief in that we that we can be better people that we will be better people um, and this just like overriding um, certainty in my brain that humanity will always work to better itself and that we will get to be better people like I I just firmly believe that in my in like my very bones um and that comes from Star Trek and I and 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 I like I said I joke about it but it really feels like um like my my faith in in a lot of ways like I don't necessarily believe like Kirk will be born one day and, 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 and come to me, but like that just belief that we will be better and we will be better and I even have like crisis of faith moments like I remember without getting too far off into this topic but after certain political events over the past few mm. years I remember breaking down and crying because I'm like I just didn't believe that humanity was capable of this or like these are really dark and hard times and hard things and and so just having that like faith tested but ultimately like coming back to believing like no like I see the beauty in humanity and the beauty in in people who, who push to follow the better parts of themselves rather than the worst parts of themselves and that all stems from from Trek yeah it is uh, I think I kind of have the same feeling with this too because I remember when I was I I first come across with Star Trek and like you know the idea that that you know as, as you mentioned not necessarily that you know Kirk will born in in 22 something and you know we might not gonna have the Borg coming from the Delta Quadrant because that, that would be silly <laughs> it would be fun though but I mean not fun but it would be silly <laughs> And I'm sure, like the same with Doctor Who as well. Like, and I would, I would love to, you know, see the Doctor like in real life, like coming with the TARDIS. But obviously, these are all fantasy um, creations. But the idea behind it is 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 beautiful. And um, I used to be a reckless child myself um, when I was when I was younger. Like in in primary school, I didn't pay attention to anything or anyone. I was like, I had the wrong set of friends and. Gosh, and then Star Trek came along, and it's like, hey, this this is another way, the Jane way, you know, that you can, that you can. And funny enough, <laughs> funny enough, it was the Jane way because um, I started with Voyager myself. Um, so yeah, it's 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 beautiful, and it's interesting how the idea itself can really just captivate the person and, and set a good example. Yeah, and I mean, like it's, I mean, in many ways, it's 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 what is, it's fables. Or uh, parables, I think, is the word I was looking for. They're parables in many ways. Like, you know, you see stories in the Bible. Again, I'm not trying to be hypocritical or, or hate on someone's religion or anything like that. Like, again, I'm agnostic, but I certainly respect mm -hmm. other religions. I'm like, maybe Gene Roddenberry would. Um, but, like, you know, you look at stories in the Bible with Jesus, and there's they're just, like, little stories that teach you morality um and, and teach you how to be a better person and in in many ways star trek is the same exact thing it's or even doctor who or a lot of science fiction yeah um where it's just like little stories that just show you how to be a better better person a better human being um and so that's just really what what inspired how i look at the world because i i, I look at the world through those stories i mean that's that's what my channel is about is like trying to to take what these stories are about and say like this is what they mean and this is how they can uh show us how humanity works and how how we can take a situation and try and find the best way 
to handle it or deal with it or out of it mm-hmm. um, in, in a way that tries to benefit or help the most people um, or all people. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that's just really what, what Star Trek is, is it's just little uh, parables that just show us how to to be better. So, Yeah, no, and, and I think... Talking regarding of your of your channel and the idea behind the channel as well, as far as I can see from an outsider point of view, obviously you're the creative mind behind it, but um, you have a particular niche which is the transgender community, mm-hmm. um, which is again, I watched many of video and and um, I myself had some um, trouble at the beginning understanding things and and your videos definitely helped me to you know widen my horizon, and I'm think it's 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 fair to say that for many people it, it really it's really helpful um i'm not sure where i was going to the- <laughs> yeah, no, but, but, I, I, I mean, but like- no i i i do i do appreciate the fact that you know you you kind of being the representative for that um that group and and it it helps understanding it helps understanding what's going on because i i have, have uh, honest i have to be honest <laughs> i i never really understood but watching some of the videos now i have a better understanding and again just a big thank you for this <laughs> yeah no i i mean i'm happy to do that i mean that's the i mean that's the joy of i mean of of star trek really i mean i'll, I'll bring kind of bring it into that and kind of and make this point of like there's universality in the specific like mm-hmm. i i just remember this is when i first came out as transgender i just remember having this weird conversation with a friend Mm-hmm. of I was trying to explain to them how I felt about like my my gender and about my life and like I, w- I and I would just talk about like oh I had this feeling my whole life and this friend would over and over and over and over and over in this conversation would just say oh I could never understand that I could never get that I I just totally don't understand but but I totally understand this 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 and this Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again, the conversation they would just say like, "I could never understand what it means to be transgender, but I connect with that feeling that you had." And I was just like, "So, so you can understand? Like you do? Like you, you like you're saying that you you couldn't, but you but you feel on an emotional level the the same feelings that I felt, like maybe in a different way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I I felt dysphoria about my body through gender." for example, about like, oh, I don't connect with my body, it feels weird, but some people feel just worry about their body over overweight or are, are, are um, you know, how they look or are maybe a disability or different things like that. Like we all experience like different forms of not connecting fully with our bodies. Hmm. Um, and that's, that's just a core emotional feeling or, you know, like I felt like I was of two different worlds like I I didn't know what gender I felt like I was born and seen as a boy but I felt like a girl and there was this sort of push and pull and not Mm -hmm. feeling fully part of either and that's a I've connected with so many people who come from uh, biracial backgrounds not necessarily Mm -hmm. equating them in terms of historical scope and and how things have been affected but like the core emotion Mm -hmm. of that experience a feeling from two different places is is very real on a human level and so there's that universality in the more specific you get with something, the more universal mm-hmm. the emotions become. And that's what I saw in Star Trek. I mean, there's there's so many places in Star Trek that I feel seen. Like mm-hmm. Spock, I mean, like you was talking about two different worlds. Spock feels that it's the same exact thing. He feels Vulcan and, and human, and he feels that pull. And in that 
struggle that he has, I feel my the same emotions of my my gender dysphoria in that. And that's what makes Star Trek so beautiful is that it, it, it just allows us so many avenues to to connect with the core human experience, the core emotional experience of just being a person. And and so what I try to do with my channel is 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 do that to try and say like, hey, here's my specific experience as a trans person. And well, I, I guess to extrapolate, I say, here's this experience in Star Trek, and that's what gets people in. Like Star Trek nerds are like, oh, I like Star Trek. Let me let's talk about Star Trek. And I say, here's this here's this emotional experience in Star Trek. Here's how it connects to me on an emotional level. <laughs> and 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 maybe someone will say like, oh, I I. I I, following that through line, I, I feel that emotion. I feel that connection. And then I try to bring it back out a little bit and say like, and here's how it connects to all of us as humans. Like here's the universal part of that specific experience. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that that's just like the beauty of being human of like, we have all these diverse, disparate experiences, but they all reveal the same core beauty of humanity it's all just a prism that we're just looking at the same light through um and i think that that's that's what makes humanity beautiful and it's what makes star trek beautiful for reflecting that so no absolutely i i totally agree with you and i you know that's that's the funny about funny about different people um talking about different aspects of star trek because necessarily not it's not necessarily the same how i see things and you i mean with 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 Spock, you you translate it into to your personal experience. With, with Spock, not necessarily me, but like um, if I think about Spock, I can see the two worlds battling with each other. But mm -hmm. for me, he always he always felt like an outsider, of like, hey, I'm I'm here alone. Like, there's not much Vulcans in in Starfleet. At I mean, that we didn't really see it. We don't know. So they could have been, but we didn't <laughs> see them in TOS. So. It's like you know, I'm alone between humans, and it's like you know, that's that's that translates to someone else who who feels kind of alienated between all of these different peoples. But having this other perspective, um, that that inner battle in within Spock of his human and Vulcan side, and that is just yeah, it's just beautiful, as as you, as you said, it's just beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, like you just extrapolate it out to like all of Star Trek, like it's the same thing it's like all of these different people like kirk spock mccoy you know uhura and then all the other shows are like they're all very vastly different people clearly but they're all working towards the same goal of just betterment and understanding each other and like you know there's this i mean even gene roddenberry fell into this trap of like <laughs> of like being like there's no conflict in the future and there's everyone just works together it's like no it's not that there's no what I find beautiful about Star Trek, I, I shouldn't speak for everybody, but it's like, mm. it's not that there's no conflict. It's not that there's no disagreements, but it's that those disagreements are accepted and the differences are accepted. Like Spock was was the outsider. He was different than the predominantly human crew, mm. but just because he was different and, and quote unquote the outsider didn't mean that he wasn't just as accepted as everyone else. And so it was it, it's it's not just the the fact that there is no conflict or is no difference or things like that mm -hmm. it's it's the fact that those conflicts and differences of opinion are 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 an accepted part of it and not just an accepted part of it but a celebrated part of it to see things from mm -hmm. different points of view 
so that we can all become greater than the sum of our parts. Like, I mean, you know, to use an interesting metaphor that now I'm just thinking about, like, you look at the Borg, like, people say, oh, the Borg are, like, communism sort of thing, where it's like, but the, the horror of the Borg is not, like, they're a weird reflection of the Federation. Like, the Federation mm-hmm. is, like, all people trying to work together for, for one common goal, and that's kind of what the Borg are. But the reason that there's a difference between the Borg and then the Federation is that the Borg all speak with one mind. They all have the same thought. And that's horrible because even though they ostensibly want to have the same overarching goal as the Federation, because mm-hmm. but the Federation is made better by the fact that there are disparate voices and, and conflicting voices within it. And that's how we get to something better than we are. That's how we push ourselves to be better because we listen to differences and find, again, the universality in mm-hmm. in the specific and in the in, in the difference. I was just about to say that the, the main difference, I think, between the Borg and the Federation, that the Federation politely knocks on your door while the Borg is just marches in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you will be assimilated. It's like, hey, hey, can I have a first contact with you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I guess that's what Kuvma uh, was really worried about. It's like, they say they come in peace. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, not really. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. They have to wait till they've made the Borg and then they will not come in peace, I guess. <laughs> Gosh. Star Trek has changed a lot. What yeah, do you think? It really, no, it really has, but I think that that's, that's part of the fun. I don't know. Like I said, uh, like, I mean, we could get into this whole conversation about, like, the <laughs> current like, crop of... It's like uh, another of, mini documentary on your channel. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But, like, I don't know. I Again, Star Trek is diverse. It's, it's, it's a diverse thing, and... You know, I, I I certainly understand the 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 impetus and joy of wanting to see the old shows again. I mean, there's a certain like element of like I just watched Lower Decks, um, the first episode we had, um, the second episode's you know you know mm. showing how the the uh, showing how the sausage gets made. The, the second episode's Lower Decks premieres tonight for for people in the United States, um, but uh, it's. I, I I get a little bit of nostalgia watching that show because it's so next generation. Um, and I like that, and it was like enjoyable to feel that sort of like n- nostalgia for the old show, or even like shows like The Orville kind of do the same thing. But what I love about Discovery and Picard um, are that they are still reflecting again that same core light of what Star Trek is, which is the love of diversity and difference in humanity. But they are trying to show that light in a different way, and trying to say. That thing in a different way, and are they perfect? Are they the perfect reflections of, of to, to extend this metaphor out way too far, like the perfect reflections of that light? Um, no, uh, like I think there are problems with Discovery and Picard that I, I, you know, don't find them perfect. But I think that they're trying something new and something different, and I, and I appreciate that because that's the message of Star Trek. Just like see things from a different way, but. This, it's the same idea in a different way. And it doesn't mean that, like, Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, Voyager don't exist. They still do. They're, they're still there for you to find and discover and hopefully fall in love with. But, like, I, I want to see something new and different and ultimately sometimes maybe even fail. Mm-hmm. Like, these shows may, may fail, uh, like, you know, make mistakes or take a wrong avenue in storytelling and mess up. But I think that that's interesting. 
I'd rather I'm always the kind of person that like loves the ambitious failure rather than the successful sort of regurgitation of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that that's that's it's really cool that I, I just really appreciate that Star Trek Today um, is just trying to take risks and trying mm-hmm. to do different do something different. As as Kirk says, risk is our business. So that's why we abort her and let him say you're Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's it's you know it's funny because I recently I I did have some um kind of a disconnect feeling with the new shows and and you know I watched Discovery season 1 season 2. I mean I it was okay. I'm it's not my favorite and whoever listened to this podcast and whoever listened read my reviews they know that I'm not um fav- in favor of Discovery. I appreciate it and I appreciate Picard I dare as well you. but you're an awful person. <laughs> How how dare you hate Discovery? It's like no no. Let me remove my shirt and you know this call sucks. Yes. You're not a real fan, Rob. Fandom menace, yeah. Yeah, no, but it's true. I mean, the much I the much I love Picard in, in Next Generation and in the movies, the the much I didn't I enjoyed more aspect. I enjoyed seeing other things in Picard and the main character himself, which is. I, I never thought that I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, but yeah, it it's kind of getting to the point when I'm kind of disconnecting with new things and not necessarily out of hate, just doesn't doesn't resonate with me. But then with this podcast, sometimes you know I have these conversations with people and um, like yourself, and I have this um, different idea, different opinion about the new show and the new stuff. Like you know, why is it actually good? And then I, I, I start something starts clicking in my mind like hey, okay that that makes sense that yeah this is it, and suddenly I start reconnecting with it. So I, I yeah I always I always happy I'm always happy when I hear different opinions about this because that just kind of pulls me back into the things that I I love and you just you just did that too. Yeah, well hey, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I could do that for you. I mean like we all. I mean, it's fascinating, like, we connect with different things at different times in our lives, too, right? Like, you know, I, I'm rewatching um, uh, uh, Deep Space Nine right now, actually, I'm kind of going through. Yeah, it's been kind of fun, and, and I, like, see so much more in, in the show than I did as a kid, or, like, there was, I think there's, like, an episode in, you know, season one where uh, there's, like, a, a, a virus or something that's on the ship, and they, they, like, have some, like, jokes about, like, Quark trying to, like, keep things open despite, like, it's possibly spreading the virus, and I'm like, oh, wow, that, that weirdly speaks to today, but I don't think yeah. they in, intended it to in back no. then, so it's, like, different different things connect to different times in our lives, and that's just, like... Again, part of like how uh, I had I had a greater point that I was going <laughs> to come to with that, but it was just, it's, it's just like I don't know, like these these shows and these things, like we can all appreciate them in in our own way or not appreciate them in our own way, and that's totally okay and cool. And I, um, you know, it, it's totally okay to be like, look, Discovery doesn't uh, doesn't speak to me, and I can even understand being frustrated. But uh, for some people being like, oh, I really am disappointed by where Trek's going. Mm-hmm. But but the point of that is, is not to, you know, not not to point fingers at any particular people. But it's like the point of that is not to, like, go online and start hating on it and hating people and saying, blah, blah, blah. These people are awful. And how dare they ruin this thing that I made? But just to be like, this is my thoughts on it. This is my criticism of it. Because mm-hmm. I think we all we all should try to be constructive yeah. in, in our feedback. 
and constructive in our conversations and trying to find ways to build build each other up and and start and say like this is a problem i had with discovery season two and maybe you know some the writers will see that or we as fans can talk about it and maybe they'll course correct or get better and that's again we 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 all become better through the differences of opinion and become better people and better the shows become better through difference of opinion as long as we try and be constructive not destructive and i think that that's that's just what i think makes star trek fans really great like yes there are some loud voices that are destructive and in, in my opinion mm. um but okay. I think the large majority of fans are just people who want to be constructive. Like even like you said, you, Star Trek Discovery sometimes doesn't always connect with you, but you try to come at it with like with a constructive point of view and try and like talk with other people about it and 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 try and find things that you appreciate about it. And I think that that's cool. And I have the same feeling too. I don't think Picard or Discovery have been perfect. Like, I don't even think they're the best. You know. It contrary to what some people would in my comments and things would say, mm -hmm. I don't think they're the best Star Trek shows, but they have the potential to be. They also have the potential to be someone else's favorite Star Trek shows, and yeah, that's totally amazing. So absolutely, who said who said that Move Along Home cannot be the number one most loved Star Trek episode of all time? Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, I still say. I mean, you remember Threshold is one yeah. of the few Emmy-winning episodes of Star Trek. So, <laughs> you, you know, it's somebody got had to enjoy it. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. I think we we kind of approached the. Um, the um, shining moment of the of this podcast where we do this little impression game that you I'm pretty sure you you yep, yep. <laughs> you kind of heard about and uh, now and, and I'm still thinking you just might be too cheesy for some people but uh, you know maybe for the sake of it I'm gonna keep it as it is so do your chat <laughs> <laughs> all right all right uh, let's see this you is know either gonna show. be very awful or very <laughs> space the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Ba -ba -da -ba. <laughs> oh my. That's oh oh my. <laughs> See, I could always do George Decay pretty well. Hello. Hello. <laughs> So, uh, but Shatner was always hard because you always just, he, he, he like is a weird, like, he, he's become like a weird parody of himself <laughs> that even he yeah. has kind of like fallen into. Uh, so it, it's always hard to like do Shatner without, without like becoming a parody of Shatner. So it's funny. I, I you know, Kevin Pollack, a very good actor, and he, he's like, I think he's one of the best William Shatner, Captain Kirk impressionist out there. And uh, William Shatner was. I had watched an interview with Shatner, and, and he said that uh, it's like I don't understand this guy. It's like he just like goes this. It's like that's not me. <laughs> and then and then Kevin Kevin told us like yeah that's you Bill. <laughs> you just don't hear yourself. <laughs> exactly. I mean it, it's interesting to like see how people like see us. Uh, in a weird, I mean, it, it, like you, like I was joking about at the top of this thing when you were complimenting me. I'm like, oh, that's me. No, I don't, I don't see that. And it's just funny. It's like we always like, 
how we get seen by others is is not how we see ourselves, which is kind of always funny. It, it is crazy. I mean, I remember, uh, and again, sorry for my audience if, if I repeat myself with this, but um, <laughs> because I, I tend to repeat myself so many I times. And, and every, every story is like, oh, so new, but I, I told it like a million times. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember when I studied YouTube, and I think after one or two years when I'm not saying that you know my little adventure is is like so well known, but it's it's out there, and it's you know some of them are watchable videos too. But but I remember when like some people like oh, actually we were in Taiwan with my wife, and um, and then we have um well I ha apparently have a fan there. <laughs> I was like <laughs> what am I in am I having a fan? <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy, and but it, it's 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 a weird feeling to, to oh, you know, to have this, and it's like like people think that like you're like such a I don't know talented person, and I'm struggling. If they would know that I'm I'm struggling sometimes to record a video, like the five minutes that you see takes two days to edit. Sometimes it's it's coconuts. <laughs> oh no, I I I I get that too. Like I had a weird moment. Like I was um I think it was like a year or two ago. I was in Burbank. Um. Where, near where I live to go see a movie mm. and someone just like well, was like you're Jesse Gender and I'm like yeah and they just got like so excited to see me and I'm just like which was cool it was a really wonderful experience and like really nice but I'm also just like you see this weird like cool person and I'm like I'm I'm a mess and I don't understand <laughs> how, how anyone likes the stuff that I do and I mean like and and yeah I mean it's, it's they don't see like a lot of the hard work that that goes mm -hmm. into making these things like i i just think about this is probably gonna be a harder story but i just think about like one of the things that moved me and shocked me the most was i did a video uh like two or three months ago maybe four months ago i've lost all track of time because we're in the middle of <laughs> pandemic but um but uh there was a video a while ago that was like my explanation of why i decided to get breast augmentation surgery Mm -hmm. Um, and when it was like this long explanation of that and like me trying to un talk about like body dysphoria and things like that. And I did the video, it came out and people reacted beautifully to it and, and really loved it. And I was so shocked because making that video, I hated it. I hated it to the point of like when I was writing it, I, I kept like getting angry and saying like, this isn't, this isn't good enough. I'm not explaining myself. It's not making mm -hmm. sense. And then when I actually was shooting it. I started shooting the video and reading the script that I had written and literally just having to stop recording and literally like there was one point where I got in a ball and cried while filming that video because oh, it's wow. just like I'm not I don't think that this is good enough and I I wanted to explain it in a way that would connect with people mm -hmm. to try and explain like why this is important to me mm -hmm. but I just felt like my words weren't doing the feeling that I felt justice and so I just started like crying on the floor and then I got up and I and I got and I kept doing because I'm like I just don't have the energy to, to change this I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna do the video and, and be done with it um and you can maybe even if you look closely at the video you can even see like there's like there's some moments where you can like see my countenance has changed because I'm like I have just been crying um but then the video came out and I was just it's one of my higher performing videos and mm -hmm. so many people were touched by it in the comments and and felt like uh, like moved by it and and as you say people who didn't feel like they understood understood um and it's just so it goes back to that feeling of like I how we see ourselves and how we judge ourselves and how we think about ourselves 
is is not always how we're perceived by others and sometimes we're our own harshest critics um and it's it's and sometimes we're we're not harsh enough um i would say certain certain other people are need to be harsher on themselves um but uh but but yeah it's just it's just it's always so weird about like just seeing how people's perspective of you is just vastly different than your own perspective mm-hmm. um and so it's just a, a cool it's a, it's it's a cool and for me i'm thankful enough that it is also a very rewarding experience um to to see that happen mm-hmm. yeah. mm. no it is it, it is and you know some people doesn't see the doesn't see the struggle sometimes and and the other moments that you have in your life i mean what we basically and i i did mention that i don't really like using the content creator on myself because i don't believe that i'm a content creator i'm just a dude to talk star trek sometimes on on, on front of the camera or behind right now we're, we're creating content right now oh this my is god content being created you're doing it <laughs> oh my god yeah so like <laughs> and it, it, it's crazy like and like I, I i never i always underestimate myself i had this tendency as well but then some people said that you know like oh you, this is amazing and like i really enjoyed listening to this and it's like and some people said oh you hope your sound is so soothing and like really i'm like maybe 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 there's a people listen to it and they fall asleep <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I, I will say you have a great ASMR voice, and that I mean that in the, in the most complimentary ways. You have a very, very, very beautiful voice that I just enjoy listening to uh, when I listen to your podcast. So, <laughs> I say maybe, I mean that totally complimentary. Maybe I should have to branch out AS, ASMR track, or Trek ASMR, yes. or something. <laughs> Do like Trek sleep stories? That would, that would be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, people don't like people, people don't see the hard work and like all that like effort. Like, yeah. uh, I spend so much time working on my videos. It takes, takes forever. And then like, it, you do all this work for like five minutes of work, as you say, and it's just like out there and people watch it. It's like, yeah, that was a great five minutes and it, and it affected me. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, those five minutes were like four weeks to my life <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad they i'm glad they they mean something to you i mean i guess that's with any creative endeavor right like you look we yeah. look at like you know we hear the stories about discovery right now season three and how much they had to work to get that out because of the pandemic and it's like mm. we're gonna watch it and i'm gonna enjoy i mean we'll be talking about it for years and years and years and years and years i'm Probably. sure but like also be like i'm gonna experience for an hour like this thing that someone worked on for like six seven eight months of their lives i'm gonna like spend an hour on it and that's yeah. that's the full and extent of... same with movies i mean i think when nemesis the well even the other movies like beyond they were in, in production for like a year or almost two years and then we watched, watched essentially a two-hour movie and then it's yeah. like oh it was it was okay but then you know if you think about the how much effort they put into not just special effects and it's easy to say it's like oh special effects cgi it's easy to make it's like no it's not have you done it <laughs> like the the crappy like you look at my little green screens on my video like the crappy green screens that i do is like take me forever just to do that you know just to like make cool backgrounds and i my i like my crazy need of like i can't do the same background all the time i have to change it up it's like so i like always create new ones and all this stuff so yeah, it's like no, that takes a lot of time to do that stuff. Um, even even if it's just like a dumb effect of like a thing popping up on my screen. So yeah. So I think the whole podcast at the end it boils down to one question, and that's the um, 
you know, kind of the theme of the podcast as well, warm blanket. So I keep keep saying, and probably people get bored of it all the time because <laughs> in the end, that Star Trek is a warm blanket for me, and um, that's 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 how I that's how I feel about all the show. But of course, uh, the warm blanket can a warm blanket can mean uh, different things to anyone. So I wonder, what is your warm blanket when it comes to Star Trek? See, I knew I was going to get this question, and I've been like trying to like That's think about what my response is. <laughs> oh gosh! No. Oh, you sprained it on me. Got to journalism, as you were joking about before we started recording. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I was thinking about this question because I knew you were going to ask it, and there's so many answers that I could give, um, so many different things, and I was trying to like pick one, and I think I think the real answer is kind of what I hinted at earlier, which is this belief in the betterment of of humanity star trek for me the warm blanket for me about the show is this this belief that we we will uh not only can get better but we will get better we will get through this we will get through the hard times we will not only get through the hard times but be better for it and that in the end we believe uh we we will pursue the best parts of ourselves pursue the what makes humanity great what makes humanity beautiful and even if we we falter in that um we we will always pick ourselves up and go into it like my favorite roddenberry quote uh of all time that i used to use all the time in my videos i since uh uh stopped using it but it was like it, i forget the exact wording but it's essentially um it does not matter if we will never reach our ultimate goal. The the pursuit is its own reward. Like we must always try. That that's the exact quote. We mm-hmm. must always try to be more than we are. It does not matter if we will never reach our ultimate goal. Uh, the the pursuit is what is. Ah, oh God, I almost had it. The the pursuit is what makes it worthwhile. Essentially, it's a it's a Gene Roddenberry quote, and you can look it up mm-hmm. the specific wording. But it's just like, you know, we will always try to better ourselves. We will never ever be perfect ever just like no star trek show is perfect <laughs> yeah but we will always try to pursue it and in the pursuit of trying to be better we we will we will become better um and i think that that's i think that's really the most beautiful warm feeling that for me star trek can can give me so and that's that's a beautiful that's a beautiful way to kind of envelope this um this conversation um, as it is. Jesse, it was fantastic to uh, talk to you. I'm, I'm so happy that we finally got to uh, got to do this. Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, it was no, it, it was it was my pleasure, honestly. Um, uh, before we before we sign off, where people can find you, where they can reach out to you, what's your you know, <laughs> what's new in 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 the terms of ge- lives of Jesse gender. Anything yeah. you want to promote? <laughs> uh, I do way too much. So the best places, uh, I mean, the best place to find me is Jesse Gender on YouTube. Do videos, you know, I try to do th- right now three videos a week um, with Fridays being my main video. So if you're looking for like my main big video every week, I do a big video on Friday. That's sort of like a longer discussion of a topic. Um, and you can kind of get a taste of what that is through our whole conversation in this episode. Um, other places you can find me, I'm on all the social medias, at Jesse Gender. Twitter is probably the best place to hear me rant about stuff. 
Um, and then I also do my own couple podcasts. I do What the Frell with Council of Geeks, which is a Farscape rewatch podcast with, uh, like I said, Council of Geeks, who's another LGBTQ mm-hmm. geek YouTuber. And then I do Star Trek Behind the Lines, which is a Star Trek RPG comedy podcast mm-hmm. with Lore Reloaded and Lore Runner. So you can um, listen to that. Uh, and then I have a Patreon, which is uh, where you can support me if you want to um, help make my channel better and, and help me pay the bills and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. Way too much. Awesome. Do way too much. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no matter where people will find you, can find you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, somewhere awesome. you'll probably see me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for uh, for being in the show and accepting the invitation. It was a really joy to um, to talk to you. So thank you very much again for for um, for being in here and enriching the warm blanket experience. And <laughs> and for all my listeners as well, thank you very much for joining in for another episode of the Warm Blanket Podcast. And until next time, live long and prosper. that was it for this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it and rest assured, new episodes will be coming out every week where we sit down with a Trekkie to find out what makes us feel good about Star Trek and to discover what is our warm blanket made of. If you really enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app, it would really mean a lot to me. To find out more about this audio adventure, please visit truckerprize.com forward slash podcast where you can also listen to the previous episodes. Thank you again for listening to yet another episode of the Warm Blanket Podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode. Live long and prosper.